0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Terminal fans, welcome to the show on another Sunday afternoon. Sungai along with the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite all-time food is pot roast. Coach Mike Jones with you. Real quick before we jump into some things, if you're looking for some professional wrestling today, day two in Ontario, Oregon for Wrestle Club, their annual show outside of the confines of Idaho. They will be wrapping up the convention there in Ontario today. Also, if you are in Frankfort, Kentucky, New South Wrestling having a show as usual on Sunday, but they are donating $10 of every ticket to the family of the late Sean Patrick O'Brien, who we lost this week, so if you're anywhere near Kentucky... Go to New South Wrestling, support that cause. But jumping into things with our guest, I want to welcome to the show the president of professional wrestling, someone that has helped our show immensely over the years with his calendar of professional wrestling events. Mr. President Philip Stamper, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Now you are, How well are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, we're doing great here on a Sunday. <laughs> now, you, of course, are out of the great state of Maryland, which is where you're based. Maryland is a traditional wrestling-rich state, lots of history dating back to the early days of the industry. Uh, you had the WWWF running Maryland quite a bit. James mm-hmm. promotions would come into Maryland. There are other uh, smaller territories that also would lay claim to Maryland at different points in time. How much of a historical wrestling powerhouse do you think Maryland is compared to what people may think of it? I think a lot of people don't. Really know, and some
0: of that is just how you know major promotions like WWE now even leverages itself. You know th- they are focused more on here on the is the history of the WWE, and this is something that changed. But they don't really focus on hey, this happened in Maryland, this happened in Virginia, and you know they don't really focus on the location as much. But when you look at the history of things that happened. At at the Baltimore Arena, which has changed names 5,000 times, is currently the, the uh, um, uh, Royal Farms Arena. Um, the Capitol Center that used to be in Landover, Maryland, is gone. So there there are buildings that, that have also changed names over the course of time. Um, and in many ways in this geographic area in Maryland, a lot of our history, too, a lot of our fans are also associated with what happens in D.C., because that has a major arena in it, too. So there's a lot of things that have happened specifically in this area that a lot of people outside of this area don't know happened here. Um, But wrestling is is very robust and very uh, exciting, and and I'm I'm trying to find the right word. Um, There's a very big audience in Maryland for wrestling. They're very hungry for it.
1: Uh, Talk about... The history of Maryland, a lot of fans may not realize that when Bruno San Martino lost his title for the second time to Superstar Graham, that was actually in Maryland. Uh, a lot of title changes happened in and around Baltimore at that time. When you look at not only the history of professional wrestling, but even the WWF history, In Maryland, do you think that the people even within the wrestling industry in the Maryland era realize that there's a lot of wrestling history right there, and it's traditionally a very important area for professional wrestling? Mm.
0: I, I don't even think the fans know. I think the fans know that there's something special. But I don't think they even understand or get that full robust history. And there's times when I even have to go back like, did this happen here? I think it did. And and I just always have to go back and double check because sometimes I can't remember. Um, but it, it, there is that, that such that lengthy history of exciting things that have happened in Maryland um, when it comes to professional wrestling that fans may not know the sp- specifics of, but I think the energy lives about them.
1: A lot of fans that uh, have been watching for a long time will remember that on occasion big shows that happen in Maryland have been affected by the Maryland State Athletic Commission. Uh, a lot of fans will remember Rick Flair versus Lex Luger uh, having to be stopped because of blood. That was a Maryland State Athletic Commission rule The WWE Mm -hmm. was actually fined because when they had Stephanie McMahon wrestle her father Vince, it was against the Athletic Commission rules to have male versus female, so they were actually fined Mm -hmm. for that. Uh, AEW uh, was in a lot of trouble because of bloodshed on a pay-per-view they had. What – do you think of the Athletic Commission in Maryland, not only historically, but as it sits right now as far as what it allows professional wrestling to do and not do? <laughs>
0: um, yeah, that's not a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> um, I said that with a great love because, you know, I still work in, work in Maryland and I work with the commission. And I've been fortunate to know a lot of the agents that have worked for the commission in the past. And, you know, I get it. There's rules. There's so many states that you, there has to be licensure and rules. I mean, Maryland definitely isn't alone in that. Um, I mean, D.C., Virginia, Pennsylvania, Missouri, South Carolina, uh, uh, Louisiana. I know I'm forgetting a bunch of others. New York have notorious strong commissions and, and associated rules. And, you know, some commissions at times will have a little bit more leeway than others. Um and things change over time. Um, you know, one of the one of the big saving graces of the Maryland Commission for a while was that it required promoters to provide um, medical insurance coverage for uh, for wrestlers on events. That has now since changed in just the last few years. Um, but that used to be a significant part of their coverage. So then they had in their rules, you can't do certain things. I mean, there's even restrictions in Maryland. Um, you are not permitted to do a pile driver, unless your name is Jerry Lawler, uh, or a heart punch because of the, uh, significant risk of potential injury associated with those moves. And, you know, there are people who understand pro wrestling and sort of go, wait a minute, what? And they just sort of look and shake their heads. Like we don't, what? Like people don't understand, um, and it, it's very interesting, I had a conversation with a family member the other day who didn't know that there were athletic commissions. And I was like, oh yeah, there's rules, there's governing bodies in many states about what you can and cannot do. And they were they were so floored by that, because they're like, well, wait a minute, it's professional wrestling, there should be these tolerances, or these leeways, or these allowances, you're trained professionals. And it's like, well, yes, I, I, I may agree with that, but <laughs> there's commissions, so you have to deal with it. Um and in, in 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 some cases, though Maryland is more strict than some, or strict or restrictive than some other places, you know it, it, there are other states that require. Uh, I think it was like Missouri and Oklahoma require medical panels. Um, and while Maryland, you have to do a physical on site, so at least that's semi convenient that you're at the event and can do it there with a doctor present. Other states, you're having to do blood work and get a whole bunch of other stuff done way in advance, um, and then there's a delay in how fast they are in processing so at least in that respect i like the fact that there's somebody from the commission right there in the moment um i will say having been a part of the maryland scene uh, i do get frustrated with different agents from the commission uh interpret things differently um that is just a personal gripe um that sometimes i get very frustrated with
1: I would love to be able to have a doctor on site, complete my physical, because here in Washington I've had an arduous journey of a nightmare, getting my licenses renewed just because of uh, snafus with types of doctors allowed to sign off and having to go outside to get blood work and then bring the blood work back. and It's been a bit mm-hmm. of a nightmare, so having things on site would have been hugely helpful. Now, we refer to you as, and you have earned the title as, President of Wrestling. I consider you to be one of the great ambassadors of professional wrestling, especially at the independent level. Can you tell the fans at what point in time you started becoming President of Wrestling? So, I had been in the
0: ring for uh, quite a long time, and even before I, I stepped into a ring as a trained professional wrestler, I'd been working backstage for a variety of different companies um and when i when I had turned eighteen, I knew you know I have to go get trained, but I was paying for college myself at the time. So it's like, well, let me focus on college because goodness forbid, if anything ever happens, if I go down the path of professional wrestling, um, and I get injured, I have to have a fallback. I have to be able to do, to work and live. And so let me, let me pursue college. And then, you know, as time goes on, let me get trained. Um, but I was like, but I want to understand the business. I want to learn the industry. And so I started working backstage for different companies first. Um, And then after what randomly was a a medical scare that didn't prove to be what the doctor told me it was, um, sort of convinced me to go get trained. So I started wrestling, and I wrestled for um, quite a while. while. And then um, about probably what is now that 10 years ago, I started to get uh, nerve pain um, in my neck and down my arm. And I was still I was not only wrestling in the ring, but I was still involved in the back with a f- with a few different promotions and as I was trying to determine like what do I do and you know what's going to go on, and it eventually resulted in that I was going to have to get neck surgery um and i had i have, I actually had the same surgery that that edged it i uh, have a cervical fusion of my c five c six c seven I had uh, spinal stenosis um and so even leading into that, before I even knew I needed to get surgery, there was that moment of how am I leveraging myself? And what, who am I in the world of wrestling? And, and knowing that, you know, hey, I might be limited physically on some of the things I can do. And, you know, the physicality of what you do in professional wrestling is kind of important. Um, well, who am I in wrestling? And what is it that I do? And sort of this, you know, behind the scenes, I'm running things. I'm, I'm really taking the lead on things. People are coming to me for Hey, how do I do this thing? What? Uh, what's? Can you give me advice on this thing? Which was, you know, an unexpected turn. The first time, like, the first time I sort of noticed this bigger wave of people starting to ask me my opinion on on things like their matches. I was like, what's going on? I don't understand. Um, and so it, it sort of dawned on me. Well, wait a minute. Now I really am taking care of things and running things. It's like being the president of something. It's like, you know, running. You might not be making every single decision. You might not be doing necessarily all the work, but you're making sure all the work is getting done. And people are coming to you to go, hey, can you help me fix this? Um, And so it really leaned in on both sides of what was happening backstage and in front of the camera that, no, I am that person. Um, And it's led to, um, for multiple promotions, I am now their authority figure. Um, so at MCW, at IW East Coast, at Wrestling Revolver, at High Tension Wrestling, um, at Honorary Wrestling Federation, I am on in front of their camera in the ring in front of the crowd, giving instruction because I'm I'm their their general manager or their commissioner or their their co-president depending on the place, um, and and fans now have gotten to know me as that, um, and the calendar I will say through that has sort of been with me for off and on. Throughout my entire time in wrestling, um, and so people have gotten to know me for the calendar too, which has been when I first started it. It was to be a helpful resource to fans to find events, and it, it's turned into not just fans but also promotion promoters going. Eh, maybe some of us aren't the best at marketing, and so this is an extra marketing tool for them and for wrestlers to even go. Hey, we've been we're looking for events. We're trying to find more things that we can get on to. And so I'll often get messages saying, "Hey, I'm traveling and I'm going to be in this area on at this date. Can you tell me what promotions are around that maybe I can reach out to?" Um, and so I'm glad that I am able to step in and provide that for people as an additional resource. And it's just interesting in how it all has come together to build like well, no, Philip Stamper is somebody who like you said is is a, a taken a strong role in professional wrestling as an advocate for professional wrestling and hopefully a positive advocate. Um, Even so much that in the, during the pandemic, I had people reach out to me like, you know, we, things really first started with, with the pandemic, man, we're so frustrated, man, we want something that's fun. Why didn't you make fun of pro wrestling and look at the bad stuff? And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I refused to do that and was like, instead I'm going to do a showcase. I'm going to do, I'm going to take in different independent matches from around the country, ask permission from those promoters, if it's okay to show these matches and highlight the good of professional wrestling and talk highly about professional wrestling. Um, Because uh, to me, it's about if we're trying to say that we're building more and more of what professional wrestling is and what more and more engagement with fans and more and more people involved, why would I diminish it by making fun of the industry that I've been a part of for so long? So for me, it's, it's, Stepping into that role, that means you have to take care of, of the things you're responsible for. And it led to me being the president of wrestling.
1: Now, we on this show have used your calendar for a long time to be able to come up with events to promote what might be coming up so fans can hopefully catch a show near them. But besides people like us using it, besides fans using it, besides promoters using it as a tool. I can attest that wrestlers themselves have used your calendar to be able to find bookings and get work. When you started the calendar, in the back reaches of your mind, did you think that it was going to be a tool for wrestlers to actually get paid bookings at some point? Not really. I mean, in in a
0: way that, for me, I, you know, I would see things and oh, I see this because I'm putting the calendar together. Oh, I'll reach out, and so yeah, I, I wasn't really building it at first for the purposes of other people to find work, even for myself to find work. Like I said, it was really a tool for uh, helping promotions to get their word out. Um, and, and I hate to say it this way, and this is, this isn't everybody, but some people who put together wrestling events aren't necessarily thinking about how do I put out the word about my event. Um, and so I know that's something that, I ha- that I'm good at doing is doing that marketing side and that communication side. So for me, it was about helping the promotion to find fans that, you know, have fans go to events. Um, and as time developed and I saw more talent interested in it asking me, hey, what about this? Um... I, I started to see, oh, there's this other side that will be very helpful to the to the entire community about it too. Um, and, and I won't I won't say their name, but I've even had a few people who've been uh, longer in tooth in the world of professional wrestling than me, who were like, oh, you should um, restrict this behind a server, and you should like tell people that to pay you for for access and like have it, have it like the calendar be members only. And I'm like, well, no, because then I don't think that helps people. This is the whole reason I'm doing it is to hopefully be helpful.
1: I 100% believe you've been extremely helpful in that regard, for sure. Now, at this point in time, my coach, Mike Jones, the coach with the most, is standing by. I know coach has questions to ask you as well. I'm going to pass you right off to his capable hands.
2: Hey, Coach Mike Jones, a coach with the most, coming at you from coast to coast, live here in Puyallup, Washington today. Hey, thanks, Mr. President, for your time, and it's an honor.
1: Well,
0: thank you for having me. How are you today?
2: I'm doing great here, in the beautiful day in Puyallup. Got my dog Stanley up on my desk, giving him lots of loves while I'm interviewing you. But before, without further ado, let me thank Mr. Sign Guy. That's because he's so fly. He's going to make you high. He's going to make you touch the sky because he don't even have to try. Let me tell you why. He might be better than the catcher in the rye. Sign guy, thank you, brother. Thank (laughs) you, brother. Awesome. All right. Now, hey, I'm sure the fans in sign guy would like to know what your favorite coffee to drink is. Ooh. Actually, I'm not a big coffee
0: drinker. Um, if I do, it has to be the, like, the over probably, uh, uh, Frappuccino from, like, Einstein Bagel Brothers, just because I just – I don't
2: like coffee. Yes, we get that answer uh, more often than not nowadays, it seems like. Okay, now, who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was sports, music, wrestling, or ordinary life, or all the above?
0: Um. Well, it, it, it's kind of funny because so, so when I was a kid, you know, I was, I was a little bit of that latchkey kid. I'd come home and like turn on the TV after after school and ESPN Classic would be on and they would have old like world-class championship wrestling and global. And one of the first stars I, I really sort of admired was Eric Embry. Um, but it was for matches for like probably 10 years before I'm seeing them um, because he was the first wrestler I watched. And as I'm watching, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I understand it. I get it. I see it. Um, and it was funny because yesterday I was at a different event uh, and just fooling around. I had put on this blonde wig and I, I was like, Embry, Phil Embry. And Icons, uh, the wrestling, there was a big wrestling convention in Philadelphia yesterday called Icons was two blocks away from where I was at. And when, right before the event started, people came over and saw me and they were like, Philip. Eric Embry was at that event, <laughs> and we, could, we just died laughing because we had just seen this picture of you emulating him, and there he is at this event, and, and so he was one of the first for me, um, and of course, I grew up in that generation, too, that Sting and Hulk Hogan and The Rock and you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, th- those were the big, the big guys that you wanted to sort of emulate or be, or at least have uh, the, the same kind of awareness of if you went down the path of professional wrestling, you wanted to be those guys. Um, and I certainly had that, you know, and I, I certainly was, was definitely like attracted to what they brought in terms of their personality. And even later, um, in, as I developed into professional wrestling, I understood more about like what they were doing and understood like how they reached out to fans and how important that was, um. So, I mean, definitely those, those figures, and, and certainly in my personal life, had a number of people, different um, teachers and prof, uh, professors, and uh, I, I am very much that person who believes that, uh, you know, every, people come into your life for a reason, um, and it, I I had a moment, I'm not going to lie, when you, when you first started the program and, and you brought up Sean Patrick O'Brien and him just passing, like, I had that little, like, pause moment, um, because you can see how important he was to so many people. And he was somebody who, um, you know, I did not know that well. I had met him a couple of times. And he wanted to take – he took photos with everybody because that was important to him. And that was important to showcase his friendships. And you can see the impact that he made on so many people in the world of professional wrestling. And so I have friends like that. Um, and and it, it's funny. My, my, I probably have two really, really close personal friends. But both of them came from my life in the world of wrestling. Um, and though they're, neither one of them are in wrestling right now, but they're still my best friends. Um, and I gain a lot from them, and they've at times helped me be better at who I am or just be a good friend and be helpful. Um, and that has meant a lot, lot to me. So they've definitely played an important role in my life. And so you never really know sometimes who those people will be. You're not necessarily going to walk in a room and be like, that person is going to be my friend um, or they're <laughs> going to help me in this way. Um, but when you certainly have those people who do make those kinds of impacts, it's so important, and it's so important to thank them um, so they know how, how important that they uh, – what kind of important role they've played as well.
2: Definitely. What a blessing. Hey, you want to give a shout-out to one of those professors?
0: Oh, wow. Um, wow. <laughs> of course, now my brain goes, uh, uh, uh. Um, I, yeah, I can think of the,
2: You just know – there was a, a bunch of them, of course. I'm sure everyone right. knows that. In general, Dr. Tyler yeah. Phipps
0: comes to mind. Um, uh, oh, my God, I can't think of his first name, but Mr. Brown. Uh, Mr. Brown uh, actually was my uh, high school English teacher in, 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 I think, both my freshman year and my senior year. And then he went on to become an administrator at, at, a, at a local school and was probably pivotal in really pushing me as a, as a, young, as a young adult. Um, in in many, many, many ways. And my journalism professors, too, um, who, of course, my brain is totally blanking on all of their names right now. Um, But in those moments, I was like, I needed to hear some of the lessons I got from them. Um, And so I really very much appreciate them.
2: Right on. And then, man, Eric Emery, are you kidding me? Me and my ex-wife were huge fans of his. He represented everything that we we loved, you know, where he was the underdog. He held his own. He went against the toughest, the meanest, the biggest rule breakers, and he held his own. And man, it Mm -hmm. was just amazing to watch him. Yes, I was a huge fan of him myself. I mean, just the fact that
0: you had a feud of like Eric Embry versus Skandar Akbar. And Skandar Akbar at the time was a manager. And it, it, I yeah. feel really bad, because other, th- other than Stan Lane, I can't really clearly remember everybody that was in his stable, but I can clearly remember Skandar, and I can clearly remember Eric, and I remember that they were the feud. And Skandar yeah. would take a whole army of people to try to take out Eric, and he just kept fighting back and kept fighting back.
2: Yeah, and you were on the edge of your seat, and you just loved it. I mean, my goodness, those are the days. All right, well, mm-hmm. all right well, now, did you play sports in high school or growing up?
0: Um, I did amateur wrestling. I did judo. Um, I did Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but actually after I started pro wrestling. Um, and so, uh, you know, and I did, as a little kid, I did things like t-ball. Um, so I have a lot of that grappling background and interest as I joined in professional wrestling.
2: Okay, sweet. And then what are some of the most memorable matches you've seen and been involved, and been involved with? Oh. That's
0: evil. Um, (laughs) um, So, like, and and I joked – it's funny because some of these conversations have happened very recently. And uh, one of my favorite professional wrestlers right now is Zack Sabre Jr. But 90% of the reason why he's probably my favorite professional wrestler is because I've actually never met him or never worked with him. And so Uh – and, and I, I jokingly say that because I've had great, great associations with a lot of people in professional wrestling and I know a lot of people and I've worked with a lot of people and, and, and but you know, now I'm, I'm sort of spoiled or, or because I have that association with them, I know them. And it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that, Oh, I know them as the person. I don't know them as just the talent, you know? And, and, and so I sort of see it in a different light when I watch people I know, um, like to see sp- uh, in person, Speedball Mike Bailey Bailey versus Kenta um, at Wrestling Revolver in very recent memory was, like, mind-blowing. Um, but, you know, even looking back further and be, being like, oh, I can look at a Hulk Hogan and Rock, and though it's not a wrestling classic, you can – the energy in that crowd, man, yeah. can I bottle, like, 5% of that just and keep it with me. Um, that was just an amazing spectacle. Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior – um, yes. when the, the, the survivor series that the undertaker debuted in, um, because you just knew like what's happening, who is, who's the guy, what's happening? Like there was just that, there was a feeling of something big with him. And, you know, so there were those kind of moments, um, that just reached out and, and grabbed you, um, and we talked about Eric Embry, and this is so weird because even though I saw all these great matches and all these great fights that he did, the, the moment that sort of established something in my brain was, so he's in the middle of this feud, and everybody keeps beating him down, and and it was like it was really getting getting to him and getting to him. And he, so he goes into this match, and he literally, like, walked in the match, kicked the guy, I think gave him a pile driver, pinned one, two, three. The match might have lasted 30 seconds. And he was and he was just so angry and so aggressive about it and so mad. And he's like, I'm tired of, of trying to fight up. And instead I'm going, I'm taking the fight to everybody else. And it was like, Oh, this is amazing. Like I remember those kind of moments.
2: Yeah. And then you say to yourself too, how many people have done that? Most people are running from these guys,
0: you know, exactly, exactly.
2: (laughs) He's out there front and center. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, You've wrestled before, so what are some of the different characters you've worked?
0: So, um, I
2: mean, it's always some part of an extension of yourself,
0: right? So, when I when I first started, uh, my name was P.S. Phenom. P.S. of course is for my own name, which is Phil Stamper. Uh, and I, in another life, I had you know a friend that was in wrestling who uh, he was the longer in wrestling, and he used the name Legend, and I was like, I want a name like that. And so I used Phenom, and so I made it, like, P.S. Phenom. I was also a big fan of Michael Hayes. Uh, and I was like, this, this works. Let's do it. Um, and it started that I was, like, a party guy, um, that I was, like, in the rave scene. And it did not translate. Like, cra- the crowd didn't really <laughs> understand what I was doing. And that's fine. Like, okay, I learned that lesson. I learned it really early and really quick. Um, and so it was a little bit of um, – those early days, I was like the perennial baby face and like, okay, that's cool. Um, how do I get the fans to get behind what I'm doing? And, and that's a special skill set. Um, and the times I've had to be uh, more nasty, more evil, it's like, okay, it's me. What if I was just a jerk today? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. What, would, okay yeah. what would be the, the filter that comes off? Um, but in both, I used a lot of my own background. I, I mentioned before, I, you know, amateur wrestling and judo and jujitsu. For me, I showcased that more in my wrestling style because not a lot of people were doing it. Um, I, I wanted to learn when I was a baby wrestler, like, I wanted to learn aerial moves and didn't know enough to know that my trainer didn't know enough, my original trainer. And so I wasn't going to get that from him. And I, but I didn't know that. And so it was like, well, what, I, what else do I do other than the basic stuff? And so it's like, well, wait a minute. I actually know grappling. Like, let me incorporate more of that into my own style. Um, so, technique-wise, definitely love more technical wrestling. But like, the, my favorite match I've ever I was ever in was a hardcore match. Um, because I mean, because it was just so fun and goofy. Maybe it was because it took me out of my element. Um, that I just it was just an entertaining match, um, and it was great to be a part of a, a wrestled someone named um court montgomery um he's out of the virginia north carolina area and it was just a great match It had a had a load of of just fun time having that match and it was again it's outside my wheelhouse because i'm a big technical wrestling mark and i have this great history of 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 wrestling and judo and it was like wait a minute now I'm in a hardcore match, and this is my favorite match. This is cool. Um, <laughs> so it, it just was what it was. It, you you always sort of bring a little bit of of a part of yourself in when you do ma- different matches, and whether it's the the your persona or the, what you're bringing to the ring or how you're engaging with fans. And so I try to at different times. It's like, all right, I still have all those pieces inside of me at different moments. I'm gonna pick on this one today, and <laughs> this one's gonna get more 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 skill. <laughs> And then the next day, this one's going to get a little bit of a higher tack out of
2: So. Okay, awesome. And then being the, the El Presidente, that makes you the commander-in-chief, brother. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you didn't make that name yourself, did you?
0: No. Um, you know, even though I kind of knew I was going in a different direction, I was like, what what do I do with this? And I, I I remember I changed my gear up a little bit and I I took like a dress shirt, cut off the sleeves, and I put a, I wore a tie. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing with this yet, but I feel like I'm going in this direction. And I did it. And somebody was like, You look like you're official. You look like you're the president. And I was like, Yes, that's it. I'm the president <laughs> of wrestling. <laughs> cool.
2: Okay, and sign guys. Actually, me that you.
0: That, excuse me. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, my brain just went – actually, I think they said um, you could be a king or something like that, and I said no because there's been too many kings in wrestling, and so then, that, then I moved it to president sure. because
2: yes. I was like, no, there, there's other
0: leaders other than kings.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, and that's unique, yes. Okay, and then uh, Sign Guy assures me that you've done everything in wrestling, and that's really sweet. That We need more people like that. But <laughs> since, you've, since you're so well-rounded – who are your favorite people to work? And, and then that could be in anything, like as a referee, a promotion, in the ring, you name it.
0: Oh, wow. Um, I mean, two, two of my favorite promoters that I've ever worked with um, have been Dan McDevitt, who runs MCW Pro Wrestling. And I, I know a lot of people won't know this other guy, Milo Shizo. Um, he ran a, a company called Horizon. Um, and those two, in my mind, um, are just so intelligent to the world of wrestling. So just, you know, being around them in that association of how do you run an organization. Um, Sammy Callahan right now with Wrestling Revolver very much in that same vein. But Sammy himself is also, you know, being in the ring with Sammy, Sammy's a different life force. He's aggressive. Um, Behind the scenes, though, super creative. And he'll probably punch me in the face for saying that, that he's just, has just this amazing creative brain. And we clash. It's, it's so weird. Him and I, we, we go from, like, we're cool with each other, we're sitting down, we're talking, everything is great. And the next moment, like, we're ready to throw hands at each other because we just have that kind of relationship. Um, and, and so I've, I always enjoy being around him. Um, Adam Cole has always been uh, an amazing guy to be around, both his personality and just, like, even when he was super young in wrestling, he understood it so quickly and like just like it was there in his brain it was like you could see how he was mapping everything out and you just knew like it it was everything was like clicking for him and and he was that guy um speedball mike bailey um same kind of thing like he is just that guy who's like he sees this well-rounded picture of how things are in professional wrestling and he's like yes this is the foundation you need here's how things are moving in today's market. Here's how the market works. Um, You know, and he gets that and he sees that um, outside of himself being an amazing um, athlete in the ring and what he can bring technical wise in the ring and just watching him and sitting there with him. It's just an amazing, amazing person to work with and have feedback with Um, Kevin Kelly. Um, you know, who, from, from WWE fame. He's now the promoter for AWX up in um, um, Pennsylvania. Um, and I remember, uh, maybe I won't say where, because I don't want to put bad juju in anybody. Um, I was at a promotion, and I was helping some, with some things behind the scenes with, with, like, promos. And I was like, why aren't people listening to me? And then Kevin Kelly came in and did a seminar on promos, and he starts to say all the same things I had been telling people. And I'm like, yes, I feel uh, yeah. vindicated.
2: <laughs> nice, um, yes.
0: So, like, there, there has been just such – I've been very fortunate to be around some really super knowledgeable, smart people.
2: It is nice. What a blessing. Yes, yeah, I, I do my own interview segments too, the NGW Green Room. I've got hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. And it's amazing the, the feedback and the response you get by some of the people. What I'm talking about is individuals that I even do videos for them, promos for them, for some reason, I don't know if they're trying to be a jerk or what, but they won't even like the, the video. They won't share it. They won't comment on it. And I'm like, I went out of my way to promote you, and, and you can't return the favor. And then it's like they don't appreciate it. But it doesn't matter. I'm gonna keep doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean,
0: it, it needs to be about overall. I mean, we're also now we're talking into the marketing realm, which you know, hey, that's that's part of my wheelhouse, and it's like you need that. You need that sharing and engagement, and like me as a me as a person who's in the industry, and that people know in front of a camera. If I'm not supportive of the people who are doing all of the work, because it's not just me. It can't be just me. And I can't take the two seconds to share the graphic they made of me or the video they made of me. What am I doing? Like, my, the people who I have an audience to on my social media might not, ha- might not be following this other promotion social media. And, well, I was going to gloat for a second. I didn't mean to gloat, but I'm, it's going to go there for a second. I, I know I have a decently sized social media market. Uh, like, a lot of, decent amount of people who are following me. And I look at some promotions, and I'm like, okay, they don't do as well in the marketing, or maybe they're newer, and they haven't built that market share yet. Okay, I'm going to leverage my power to showcase to the people who are already following me, hey, this is where I'm going to be at, or hey, here's, here's my interview. Um, pay attention to this. Learn more about me, and hey, check out this show. You're going yeah, to exactly. really enjoy it.
2: Exactly. And what you have to offer, my goodness, which is a ton. My goodness.
0: And and it and it should be it should be reciprocal. So I feel bad that people haven't done that for you, Um, but I know the second that this is up, I'm sharing.
2: (laughs) Okay, thank you. And then, uh, okay, and then, who are some of the toughest people in wrestling, in your opinion? And that that can be just as a fan, as just being involved and opponents.
1: Ooh,
0: man. i mean when you when you think about tough people like Stan Hansen immediately came to mind um I mean I think I always felt like that's the guy that would just like chew you up and spit you out um just absolutely um uh, wow <laughs> I'm like <laughs> um uh you know you have the monsters in the ring, the people like a Braun strowman um who like are just by their size are super intimidating um you have, a, you have a guy like a Zack Sabre Jr. who talks the best trash of, in professional wrestling right now, but then we'll twist you into a knot and, and we'll showcase it and back up what he can say. And like, so, I'm, I'm always appreciative of that because I sometimes find people who are amazingly skilled in the ring, but maybe not in their personality or promos or amazingly skilled in promos or personality, but maybe not have it in the ring. And so yeah, it's like, where yeah. do you leverage that? And, and to me, he's one of those people that can, like, just bring it at both levels. So he might not be, like, the, when you think of the toughest guy in wrestling, that might might not be the guy you first think of. But for me, I'm like, but he brings that whole package, and he knows how to back it up, and he will yeah. tie you to, to it. out I'm mean, he, a huge
2: fan of his. I'm a huge fan yeah. of his, and his technical abilities off the chart. <laughs> My gosh.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Okay, then – now, what are some suggestions you would give for people wanting to get into the business?
0: Well, some of it is just that question of well okay, you want in what do you want to do? Um, is it that yeah. you want to be a wrestler? Is it that you want to do something out like let's talk about what that is and how to get you to that point of success because each each thing you want to do is going to take a different particular skill set, and even as a wrestler, yes, one hundred percent you need a solid foundation, everybody should know certain things about. the the business and how to be in in a ring, but at the same time, like, you need to then craft for each person a little bit of that. How are you special? How are you highlighting what what you can do um, that the next person isn't going to be able to do, but you might not also be able to do some of the things that they can do? So how do you leverage yourself more um, than just being able to do a, you know, there's plenty of people who are solid guys and there's nothing wrong with being a solid guy or, or gal in the world of professional wrestling. But then how are you establishing your own persona and presence? Um, I think it's so valuable for people to learn, but in, in, the first, even when I, even for people who are starting a brand new job, it's, you're not going to learn everything overnight. You have to soak it in, ask questions, but be respectful in the lessons that you are receiving um, and understand that people are are trying to most mostly. I won't say everybody, but mostly people are really here to try to help you. And so, what is it that you can take away from the lessons that they're trying to give you? Which means you're going to have to pay attention. You're going to have to listen. Um, I am not. A, I, I know that there's other people in the world who sometimes feel offended when people go, "Well, why? I don't understand." And I'm like, I think that's a fair question when somebody asks why to give them that answer, but not everybody receives that in the same way. And then they feel like they're being questioned and not just accepted. And I understand that. But for me, it's sort of when people ask why, I'm like, Oh, because they want a deeper understanding. So I'm going to give it to them. Um, Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But to still be respectful about it and to to listen, is probably the biggest lesson that everybody says,
2: you know, because one thing most people take for granted is the common sense uh, situation and subject. Most people mm-hmm. automatically take for granted that it, it's it's uh, like hereditary or common. Common sense is not common. Common sense requires experience. Absolutely. Okay, now um, what schools would you suggest, brother?
0: Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, and, and there's so many great schools out there, so I know off of the top of my head, I'm not even going to hit all of them, but there's certainly places like uh, you have MCW Pro Wrestling School up, in, up near Baltimore, you have Sam McCallahan School out in Dayton, Ohio, um, you have OVW down in Kentucky, you have FSW out in Las Vegas, um, so there are a lot of tremendous great schools that are out there, and I know I'm forgetting a whole bunch that are out there, so I, forgive me in the moment, but um, there, there really are a lot of great places, but, but it's you know, ask, trying to see, okay, if I'm looking at this school, who is the trainer? Do I know them? Are they reputable? Um, and that's not meaning they have to have been on television. That's not what I'm saying. But do they have a, at least a good track record themselves of whether, the, whether it's their own ability? Or if they've been a trainer, who has, been, um, who has come out of their school? and um, Are those people noteworthy? Again, not necessarily saying on television, but do you know who they are, how well are they, how well are they received, um, and, to, you know, pay attention to some of those things. Um, ask questions like, you know, of course, cost is understanding, and that was, for me, that was a big restriction for me getting uh, trained as, uh, before I did was, or not getting trained before I did because I couldn't afford going to both college and training at the same time, and there's that realistic cost of living, and we're living in a, in a time period where cost of living is really high. So it, I understand that too, that there has to be that balance in between the, the finance that you pay out for it but the balance of life. Um, you have to be able to live and to eat and how do you make that all, all work for you. Um, so pay attention, ask questions, um, you know, look and maybe ask them like, do you have a particular curriculum? Um, you know, What happens if somebody gets hurt? Um, you know, does that mean that, like, I'm just out the money for the training period, or does that mean, like, oh, no, you understand and, like, gets deferred if something happens? Um, you know, just find out more about the school before you just jump in. I know people are very excited to go into professional wrestling, but I think they need to understand, like, just the the technical pieces of what it's going to mean to go to training. Like, oh, do I have to come to training Three nights a week, and if I miss one night, I'm out this 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 course. Or does it mean like there's some flexibility? Is it only two nights a week? Is it only in the few hours before an event, which might be more restrictive, but it, maybe it might work better for your schedule? Is it uh, you know late in the evening? Is it during the afternoon when you can't go because you know you have work that you can't get out of? So find out more as you try to get into the world of professional wrestling. And you know it, f- there are fans who have. find it very easy to reach out to wrestlers um, that they follow. So maybe, you know, say, hey, I'm seeking out. What can you tell me? And maybe that they can help provide a a lens into that world as well.
2: Yes, for sure, you know. And, uh, hey, so remind the fans and let everybody know what you got coming up. Um, So this coming Saturday, the 25th,
0: I'm at Real Shoot Wrestling in uh, Masonville, or excuse me, Mason Town, West Virginia. I'm so sorry. Uh you can find out more about Real Street Wrestling. It's Facebook.com dot slash RSW Live. Uh, I'm running a seminar uh, at three o'clock on etiquette and social media as well as promos. Um, and then they have a live event at seven PM on uh I am not doing anything for Mania Week. I, I very purposefully okay, am yeah. like I don't not doing anything. Um and then uh April 6th, it's a Thursday. Wrestling Revolver returns to the Calumet Center in Dayton, Ohio. Um, On April 8th, MCW Pro Wrestling returns to Perryville, Maryland. Uh, On April um, – now I've lost my date. April 14th is MCW again in Joppa, Maryland. April 15th is MCW in Hollywood, Maryland. Um, So for the next few weeks, other than Mania Week, have a very pretty active calendar. Okay, nice. And then let me see, how do people get a hold of you? So you can follow me on all of my social medias at TrustInPhil. So Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, at TrustInPhil.
2: Okay, nice. And then let me see, This next uh, these next questions are called favorites. What was your okay. favorite concert that you've seen? Um, I, I I'm actually not a big concert
0: goer. Um, I saw a youth, uh, a church youth rock concert called Captive Free, and they were probably my favorite rock concert.
2: Okay, nice. And then who are your favorite sports teams?
0: Ooh. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens and the Washington Nationals. Okay,
2: cool. All right. um, So how much time you got left? Uh,
0: How much time you want? Because I, I'm, I'm pretty
2: good for <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay, so, I uh, uh, you know I really appreciate your time. You know, Turnbuckle Terminal's been on for over ten years with going on eighteen hundred shows now. It's been an honor and pleasure and privilege to have you on, and I wish you all the luck in the world. And I'm sure Sign Guy has some more.
1: Absolutely, thank you. <laughs> well, Mr. President. One of the things fans have been wondering for quite some time, I don't know if we've ever addressed this yet. If you were the president of wrestling, whom exactly is your vice president? You see, I've I've left
0: that open. Um, you know, let's say let's say that position is currently vacant. Um because each promotion that I work with I think requires a little bit more Uh, tacked in different situations. Um, Certainly at Wrestling Revolver, I'm going to say JT Dunn. Uh, He has to be that guy. Um, But at other places, I leave that a little bit more vague.
1: Fair enough. Now, I know that you travel all around and you often are at uh, some of the bigger events during WrestleMania week and some of the conventions, some of the shows. What's the most surprised you have been as far as fan recognition in an area outside of where you normally would be?
0: Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, I thought you were going a different direction and you kind of took it a different way. So my brain was going, going down another path. Um, I was at, actually, I was at, um, a horror movie convention, um, and I was, I was working it, and, uh, fans recognized me from wrestling there, and, like, literally, the table, where I was at, at the table that I had, um, on one side of me was Norman Reedus, who, um, was, it was Daryl on Walking Dead, um, Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters was at the table on the other side of me. And as my back is to, like, the entrance to this, we're, like, in this large ballroom space, I literally start hearing people go, Phil, Phil, Phil. And it's these three fans that knew me from Virginia who had only ever seen me on this one event in Southern Maryland. And I was in, I I can't remember, I think we were in Philly when this event, when Monster Mania happened. And I'm like, what is happening right now? (laughs) Um... And turned around and just these three fans. And I remember like Norman Reedus and his his, his I want to say it was his agent is his sister and she's like what the hell is going on here? <laughs> um, uh, so that was just uh, like a surreal moment. There have been a few times when it's been I've been at a st- at like a store, like nowhere near any events I've ever worked, and have had fans come up to me and like are you Philip? I'm like yeah. Can I help you? And they're like, oh, no, I'm just a fan. Just a fan. I'm like, that's cool. Um, and so, like, those have been, those have been some moments that, that have been unexpected. unexpected. Um, I, uh, in my life outside of wrestling, I do have an, an office job, and uh, I work at, a, at, a, at an institution of higher education, and we had a new, uh, new wrestling coach. And uh, as part of my job, I was just reaching out and just saying hi and introducing myself. And he was like, oh, I know you. I was like, what do you mean you know me? And he's like, oh, I'm a big pro wrestling fan, and I was actually going to reach out to you because I knew you were here. And I was like, oh, that's cool and a little weird that you knew that I was here, but okay, cool. Um, So there's been, like, some many – a lot of unexpected moments when it comes to fans and recognition.
1: Well, We're getting down to the last several minutes of the show, and I want to make sure you have ample time, so if there is anything you would like to say to the listeners, if you want to plug and promote absolutely anything and everything, merchandise, upcoming shows, social media, your favorite laundromat, anything you would like, <laughs> for all your. Thank you for that. Well, like I said before, you can follow me on any social media
0: platforms at Trust and Phil for merchandise that also includes uh, storefrontier.com slash I also use that site. Um, but other than that, you know, I've plugged a lot of what I'm doing with MCW and Wrestling Revolver and High Tension Wrestling. Um, we actually just had an, had an event yesterday for High Tension Wrestling, which will be airing on YouTube soon. I don't have the exact date yet, but pay attention for that. Um, otherwise, stay stay in tune with what's happening on my social media, and you'll find out about all the places that will be coming
1: up very soon. All right. Well, Mr. President, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day to be with us. We definitely enjoyed having you, and hopefully our paths will cross at some point somewhere.
0: I hope so, too. Thank you for having me.
1: All right. Ben, thank definitely you. keep track of president of wrestling Philip Stamper because he is a great ambassador for this sport. Does a lot for the wrestling business both in front of and behind the scenes. So make sure you keep tabs on what
2: he's doing. Coach, have you some things to plug and promote? Yes, you can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the Coach of the Most. Also Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. Also, the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast. Yesterday was a great show with Hannibal from Hannibal TV. Nice to have him on, and uh, we're gonna we're working on trying to get the Blood Hunter on. He needs his own interview, and he's a very controversial subject out there. But we're looking to get the Blood Hunter on here someday. But anyway, the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast every sat- Saturday at noon Pacific time. Next week, I got Havoc on, but it'll be on a special time, Sunday at 11 a.m., uh, March 26th, 11 a.m. for Havoc. Then on the first, I have Antonio DiFerrino. Is that how you say it, sign?
1: I believe that is correct.
2: And then uh, what's the his bio?
1: Uh, he is a production uh, worker for numerous promotions in and around the Detroit area, including a lot of the larger independents that travel in, uh, companies like Game Changer and so forth and so on. will use him whenever they're in the area, besides his home promotions there in Michigan.
2: work, okay, right on. on. Right on. And then if you guys need any work done here in the Northwest, A-plus, pay less, handyman services for all your needs. No job too big or small. They're 10% cheaper than any written estimate and 15% cheaper for seniors and military. They are licensed, insured, and bonded general contractors that can build a house from ground up. So make sure to check them out. All right, and then uh, thanks so much for all your love and support and feedback. We appreciate it. Thanks, sign.
1: All right, so fans definitely you can check me out on the normal social media platforms. Um, next week on Friday afternoon, we have Miss Misty Dawn, former Dick the Bruiser, WWA competitor, Midwest staple in the mid-80s through the mid-90s. She'll be joining us. And then one week from today, we're scheduled to have Bobby Blade on the show, uh, Long-time wrestler and multi-performer in the wrestling industry out of Kentucky. He's done every single role there is to do within the industry. Great ambassador for the sport to this day. So we're looking forward to that. But as we wrap this up, of course, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but on a very, very sad note, we lost Sean Patrick O'Brien A couple of days ago, very suddenly, it rocked the professional wrestling industry. He was probably the most universally loved person in the professional wrestling industry. Definitely one of the most positive people in it. Uh, Everyone in the wrestling business that ever had any interaction with him is taking it pretty hard. We're definitely missing him. New South Wrestling, like I said, raising funds today. $10 out of every ticket sold will go to the family. Sean was a single father, so I'm sure that will help out as well. Chad French, who will be on our show on the 31st to promote Paul Cade, announced that he is now donating half the money from the proceeds of Paul Cade to the family of Sean Patrick O'Brien, half of the money to the local humane society as it normally does go for Paul Cade. So if you're anywhere in Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, Illinois, please come out to Paul Cade. I will be there. I was booked previously to this. Now definitely looking forward to helping out for a dual great cause. But come out, support Paul Cade. And as we wrap up today, we're going to hit our traditional tin bell salute for Man Bun, Sean Patrick O'Brien.